Ladies and gentlemen, live from coast of the Carolinas by way of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This is the moment sports betting fans around the world have been waiting for. It's time! Introducing the Fistful of Cash Podcast! What is going on, guys? You are tuned into the newest episode of the Fistful of Cash Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dale Living, in here with the co-host of all co-hosts, Soap. What is going on, man? Nothing much. Glad to be back. Um, you know, missed the Tuesday episode because I was out um, Monday for the first day of Buck. And it was like 39 degrees and just pissing rain all day. So I hurt to my bones. I think I was asleep by 530 Monday evening. Um, did not come home with a Buck. Uh, went back out Wednesday. Did not come home with a Buck. Um, so it's been a demoralizing, uh, hunting season so far. The weather's been miserable. Uh, I've seen two, four points. That's been shitty, but, uh, plus side is I am actually skipping the first day of, you know, of dough so I can stay home and watch some college football. We've got a huge weekend. It's championship weekend. I look forward to this weekend every year. And we've got three extremely important games. Um, I know we have some UFC, or, um, UFC, and we also have the Wilder Fury fight to cover. So we've got a lot to cover in this episode. Yeah, we, we absolutely do. And I do want to just get after it when we can here. Um, I want to spend a little bit of time on the, uh, you know, and I alluded to this on Tuesday show, on the Wilder Fury fight. Because as far as substantial or meaningful heavyweight fights go. This is the most meaningful one in a long time. Um, and, you know, it's, I guess, uh, with, a, with a little bit uh, of argument on both sides, rather, on why this fight should be important to, uh, you know, your casual boxing fan and both your hardcore boxing fan. You know, if you don't know who Deontay Wilder is, he's you know, the most recent American heavyweight champion to actually hold a belt that's worth a crap. Um, and obviously Tyson Fury was the guy that was at the, you know, the, the cornerstone, if you will, of the end of the Klitschko era uh, before obviously falling into the archetype of too much, too fast, excess, felt or you know fame and wealth and everything else he got you know won all the belts and then proceeded to just absolutely uh blow it all on blow and cars and women and food and everything else uh you know fury's a big guy he's probably gonna weigh in in the high twos but blew himself up to about the mid fours uh whenever he was really 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 uh in his darkest place so he's on the comeback trail and he feels like he's got a great shot against the bronze bomber himself, Deontay Wilder, who is on a mission to get to Anthony Joshua, come hell or high water, uh, who, you know, obviously uh, most people would agree seems to be ducking uh, Deontay Wilder. And Wilder is on a mission to basically destroy everything that stands in his way, keeping him from uh, unifying all the belts and bringing them back to the States. So there's a lot at stake this weekend with this fight. Uh, I know, you know, boxing not always something that you have a lot invested in suit but i do know that you do care about this fight so what uh what are your thoughts going into saturday's showdown yeah um i don't want to say i'm a deontay wilder fan but every time he has a fight i am gonna watch um he is can't miss tv um I want to go with Deontay Wilder in this fight. I've been uh, I've been reading some actual predictions from uh, from boxers champions of the past, and uh, I know that like Ricky Hatton, Mike Tyson, Amir Khan, 
they're all picking Tyson Fury in this fight. And I don't know if that has to do with the fact that they really think Tyson Fury is going to win this fight or the fact that they hate Deontay Wilder and his ego and the way he carries himself um, or the fact that, you know, his, his record is padded, but with all the, I mean, with all the greats nowadays, their records are padded. Anthony Joshua, you know, Floyd Mayweather over ever, ever since he fought Canelo, I mean, Canelo is his last test. Um, so I'll throw the whole padded record out the window. Um, I think it's going to come down to Tyson Fury's break from boxing. I don't know if he'll be able to go the distance with Deontay Wilder. Therefore, I'm taking Wilder by a knockout in the latter 25% of this fight. So somewhere in the final three, maybe four rounds. Um I did. I don't know, man. It's gonna it's gonna be a brawl. It's gonna be a blast to watch. It's two massive egos going in against each other, and it will be interesting if Wilder does win this fight. Can Anthony Joshua dodge him anymore? Like this is it. This is the biggest fight that can happen as far as heavyweights go without Anthony Joshua in the fight. So the the boxing world, as far as heavyweights go there's only one more fight that can happen. And that is Deontay Wilder versus Anthony Joshua. So it'll be interesting to see his take on it. If Joshua walks away or if uh, Wilder walks away, the victor. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're spot on with that. Um, the, the general consensus seems to be like you said, Wilder with a later round KO. Uh, the thing is with it though, man, is, you know, especially since this fight got made, I've been sort of systematically working my way back through some Tyson Fury fights, largely in part because the the heavyweight division has existed in the doldrums for years. He wasn't making waves, despite being the presence that he is. Um, so, you know, I didn't know a whole lot about Fury outside of like, you know, watching highlights or the occasional fight or even his fight with Klitschko. That was really my first, you know, baptizing uh, with Tyson Fury, he always sort of just existed in the distance. Um, so I ha- I've been working my way back through it. I don't know that Wilder's faced anybody as talented as Tyson Fury is or was rather in his prime. We don't know if he still has that. We don't know if he has the unbelievable conditioning, the great footwork, the hand speed um, and the chin that he's had in the past. You know, a lot of things have happened. He's had a huge layoff. What we do know that is Wilder's power exists in the first round, the fifth round, the 11th round, the 12th round. It doesn't go away. His gas tank fades, but his power doesn't go away. He was losing the fight against Ortiz. I think you and I can agree on that before he caught. Th- Good. Sorry. I think I want to say, yes, he was losing the fight to Ortiz, but I think I think he stuck to his game plan almost. It feels like he came in. And he looked at it as, you know, Wilder's power might not disappear throughout the 12 rounds, but I think he had the mindset that Ortiz being the massive human being that he is, that if he could make it through, you know, five, six rounds, that he could then open up and not worry about getting, you know, the knockout blow from Ortiz. It was almost like he tried to weather the early storm and then take over in the second half of the fight. Um, and, and again, that's all speculation. Nobody really knows what his game plan was or what his thought process was going into that fight. But yes, you're, you're correct on the cards. He was, in my mind, losing that fight as far as score goes, but as far as a mental or coming in and executing the proper game plan, for all we know, he could have been winning that fight. Yeah. So uh, I'll I'll say this and we'll wrap, we'll put a bow on this. If Fury comes out and fights the fight that he says he's going to, he wants to put Deontay Wilder away and make a statement. So that way he has to fight Joshua next because Joshua has not been, has not faced the same scrutiny for not fighting Tyson Fury the way he has for not fighting Deontay Wilder. So Fury needs to make a statement if he wants the Joshua fight next. Wilder, his only game plan and path to victory is to knock out fury um i think that if this fight goes the distance he's going to have a hard time because i do believe that tyson fury is probably going to win the first six or seven rounds um 
I think he's going to come out. He's going to use his footwork. He's going to use his range, and he's going to try to extend this fight as long as he can. However, the ring rust thing is real. Um, Deontay Wilder is patient, like you had just said with the Ortiz fight. I like either Wilder by late KO uh, or Fury by early knockout if he comes out and puts on the performance that he says he's capable of. Because of that, I want to make the play of the fight ending inside the distance. Um, That's coming at minus 140, so I'm suggesting a two-unit play on the fight inside the distance. Uh, I I am too intrigued by this matchup to really rest my laurels on any one guy because, you know, if one guy comes out and performs the way that we all know he's capable of, a fight on, you know, for Deont or a a play on Deontay Wilder is going to look stupid and you're going to be frustrated for watching the whole fight. Um, Conversely, a later round play may not even be necessary because if he comes out and looks fantastic and Fury looks rusty, Wilder could sleep him in the second round. So I would prefer a a just an inside the finish um, play. And both these guys are claiming that they're going to finish the other one. I'm going to take them at their word. I'm, I like two units on inside the distance. You cool with that? Yeah, I like the play. Um, I don't, like I said earlier, I, I don't necessarily want to pick a fighter in this. I want to sit down and be able to just enjoy two massive, powerful human beings punching each other in the face. Um, and that's, you know, playing the inside the distance play. That's what I'm, you know, I'm betting on what I'm hoping for. And if, you know, if I get what I hope for, if it ends up being an extremely entertaining fight with the, you know, a a 10th round, just absolute, you know, crushing uppercut to knock somebody out or, or Wilder hits him with that big overhand, right. Um, Good. You know, I got entertained and I won money on the fight. I like the, I like the inside the distance play. Yeah, I do too. Um, I know we had said a later round KO, um, just just for the sake of those not looking, uh, if you go to my bookie, this is where we're getting these these lines from. And you know, like always, this this episode's brought to you by my bookie. Still go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code give me cash, and get that fifty percent match on your initial deposit. My bookie's got the 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 odds for rounds eight, nine, and ten. And this is this what they're eight is at plus fourteen, uh, nine is at plus sixteen, and. 10 is at plus 1800 uh, respectively. So, you know, playing the finish for Wilder in those rounds, that's, that's on you guys. Um, I think it's going to be a later round KO uh, regardless of who gets it. So, all right, enough boxing as promised. We have a whole, you know, with the exception of that part episode dedicated to um, some, some conference championship games, I know that, you know, you've got a whole slate of points and we've got arguments and counter arguments for days here lined up. Just go ahead and dive right into this soup. Um, one that I know that, uh, well, we'll just go with the one that's going to come up sooner rather than later. Let's let's start with the Pac-12 championship game. You got Washington versus Utah. Uh, both both teams sitting at identical records of nine and three. What do you like about this game? I like Washington in this game. Um, They're where they're supposed to be. They are playing for the Pac-12 championship. Granted, they're not in contention for the playoffs, which they had hoped, but they were supposed to be here at the end of the year. They were supposed to be playing on their home field for the Pac-12 championship, and that's exactly what we're going to see. I like Washington's front seven. They're very solid against the run. Uh, Jason Jason Shelley, who stepped in for Utah at quarterback over the past three weeks, he has been just okay. Uh, he's nothing amazing by any means. He's an okay passer who gives the I don't want to say game breaker game breaker skill set on his with his legs, but he can definitely pick up big third downs with his legs. I like Washington's front seven to keep him in check on the ground. Washington beat them 21 to 7 in September. I don't know if it's going to be that low scoring, but I expect a similar outcome as far as margin of victory goes. Um, Utah's run defense, yes, has been incredible. Well, was incredible, I should say, for about the first eight weeks. 
Um, they have faltered lately, and Washington's run game in the same time that Utah's run defense has faltered, has picked up speed. Um, they've hit 200, uh, 200 yards on the on the ground three out of their last five games. Miles Gaskins is an absolute beast. I think that he's going to be the X factor in this game. I think Browning, being the four year senior he is, this you know, if they lose this game, this is his last game. I don't see him letting that happen. I think he wants to go to Pasadena and play in the Rose Bowl. I like Miles Gaskins. Miles Gaskins to be the X factor here. He's so good. I think he could blow this one open early because Utah is going to rely on their run defense to keep Washington off the field so their offense can maintain the clock and keep this one close. I'm taking Washington minus six and a half against Utah in this game. All right. So Washington minus six and a half. All right. So the Washington minus six and a half line is different than what I'm seeing. I'm seeing it Washington coming in at minus five and a half. Shit, that's even better. Washington okay. minus five and a half. Okay. I'm all about that point. All right. Well, that's good. I'm with you um, in the fact that I think Gaskin's going to be the X factor. I mean, their first the first time they played 143 yards on 30 carries. I think clock control is going to be the difference for Washington. I like them to to you know use Gaskin heavily and and get that uh, chew up some clock and be effective and efficient when they do have the football. I think it's going to be a uh, I think it's going to be a good game. And, you know, like you said, that point makes a huge difference. Uh, and, you know, depending on where you guys are seeing it, my bookie's got Washington coming in at minus five and a half. So if you're looking for that number, that's where we got it. That's where we suggest you go and uh, and get it. So uh, we had Pac-12. How about Big 12? Okay. Uh, I mean, this is a big game. This game – Oklahoma has the um, advantage, I'm going to say, of being able to play before or before Ohio State here uh, and before Georgia, which is huge because you know we are right now. Your three teams: um, you've got Bama, you've got Clemson, you've got Notre Dame, and then you've got Georgia sitting at four, and then you've got Oklahoma and Ohio State behind them at five and six. So, in the eyes of you know the playoff system and the committee and even, you know, odds makers, you've got three teams fighting for the four spot. Oklahoma gets to go first. And I like that for them. I think it's going to play in favor of Lincoln Riley and Kyler Murray. I think they're going to avenge their only loss this year. I, don't, I think they're going to leave no questions on whether or not they deserve to be in the playoffs. Texas has struggled lately. Um, I know we bet them against Iowa state. We took money line. But they did struggle with Iowa State, and they looked like dog shit last week against Kansas. The offense has been stagnant as of late. Um, their defense is – I don't want to say it's really good, but this should come as a compliment to Texas's defense. I think it's probably good enough to hold Oklahoma under 50, um, which not a lot of teams have been able to do this year. But I, like I said, I, I just – I think Oklahoma has a statement to make. Texas is their only loss. I think they come out. I think they get this win. And I think they put the pressure on, you know, particularly Ohio State, Georgia. Georgia, there's no margin of victory that doesn't matter in that game. They win and they're in. Ohio State, they're fighting with Oklahoma, and it's going to come down to who wins in a more convincing fashion. So I'm taking Oklahoma minus um, minus the eight in this game. I think they're going to ride off into the college football playoffs with a very convincing win against the Longhorns. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that I definitely think this is Oklahoma's game to win. Um, I, I, I'm not really seeing a whole lot of ways that Texas is going to get it done. Um, Kyler Murray has the opportunity here to, you know, really. I guess you would say put a a spotlight on his Heisman Trophy campaign. Um, yeah, Baker, who? Right, right, right. He's really he really has the opportunity here, you know, to uh, to make a name for himself in the history books of Oklahoma football. 
And I, you know, obviously with this kid being a two sport athlete and, and, and being as talented as he is, I don't think a moment exists that's too big for him yet. And I think he's going to show that, um, you know, he's accurate. He's got a cannon for an arm and he is, you know, incredible. Uh, I guess you would say, you know, he's, he's incredibly talented when it comes to running uh, the football, especially for the position and the size that, that, that he is. I think a lot of Oklahoma's success is going to rest on his ability to move the ball with his feet more so than his, you know, his passing accuracy. I would be, uh, I'd be shocked um, if, I don't want to say I'd be shocked if this game was close, uh, but I don't, I don't see Oklahoma outside of the first 12 minutes of the game. Uh, people wondering whether or not Oklahoma is going to be able to pull out a victory. And for that, I think that that minus eight is a good play because I think that they're going to, I don't think that this game is going to be in contention for very long. I could be way off on that, but I, that's, I, I just feel like Oklahoma's got this wrapped up. Murray's making a statement. And like you said, you know, the, the quality of win and the way you look winning is going to make a huge difference. And if we know that those guys playing for Oklahoma certainly know that. So they're going to go out there and try to put a beating on Texas and, and do so in convincing fashion. So I like it. I like, I like Oklahoma minus eight. Um, let's see here. All right. You alluded to Oklahoma and you, you know, where where they're sitting in in the rankings, and then the team that's right right there with them that's also trying to get in. We got the, the Big Ten championship game, Ohio State coming in versus Northwestern. What do you like about that game? I I, <laughs> sim, I here's my thing. I we've played a lot of Ohio State games this year. Um, I'm very high on Haskins have been all year, and I'm not faltering from that here. I'm taking Ohio, Ohio State minus 14. Uh, what's, what's my book you have, Matt? Is it 14 or 14 and a half? 14 and a half. Okay, by the half point, guys. Take take Ohio State minus 14 here, just in case there's a late touchdown to get it You know, from, from a 45-24 game. It makes it 45-31, something like that. Just to take the, take the Ohio State minus 14 here. Um. I, I gave you this analogy earlier on in the week, um, and I think if it's perfect for our podcast because we cover football and we also cover um, combat sports. Ohio State's season, for those of you who watched the Derek Lewis fight, this Ohio State season reminds me a lot of the Derek Lewis versus Volkov fight. Um, Ohio State has been struggling and has been beat up on the defensive side of the ball as far as not being able to stop people all year. And then they landed one big knockout punch in the final 30 seconds of their fight. And that's why they're here right now. Wins at the end of the year matter so much more than wins at the beginning of the year. I don't necessarily agree with it, regardless if you beat a team by 30 at the end of the year but if somebody else beat them by 50 at the beginning of the year, your win by 30 at the end of the year matters more. I don't agree with it, but that's how the system works. That's how people view stuff. I get it. The win over Michigan was absolutely massive. They looked incredible. They torched you know, what everybody thought to be the best defensive unit in the country. And that leads into why I do like Ohio State minus 14. If they can do that against Michigan – they damn well can put up 60 on Northwestern. Northwestern's only scored over 30 points two times since September. So we're looking at two months of Northwestern only scoring 30 times twice. They're not going to be able to keep up. I don't care how bad Ohio State's defense has looked. Northwestern's offense is not that powerful. They should be able to do enough to keep Northwestern under 30 and I expect Ohio State to score somewhere in the mid forties, maybe even low fifties. Okay, so what's what's the play for this one then? Ohio State minus fourteen. Okay, now the over under on this game is sitting at sixty one. Um, given your your score breakdown there, uh, I mean, 
what do you, I mean, do you think a play on the over as well, or just play it at the 14? I'm just playing the 14 because Northwestern's offense has showed times where they could, they struggle to put up 20 points. Right. So I just, I don't trust Northwestern. Gotcha. At all. By any means, I don't trust, um, I don't try, even though, like I said, even though Ohio State's defense has looked bad and has looked like a giant block of Swiss cheese, I don't trust Northwestern to score enough points to hit that over because if Ohio State does come out and struggle a little bit on offense in the first half, which they have done this year, they have, you know, rallied in the second half to put up big time points. If they come out early and struggle and, you know, it's a 10 7 game going into half. I feel a lot more comfortable with them covering 14 at that point than I do with them coming out and dropping 44 points in the second half to hit the over. Okay. Well, right now, I mean, I'm just, I'm just looking at, you know, uh, analytics for, I, I, I'm with you on the, uh, I like the 14 better because, you know, Ohio state could come out and win 42 to seven and still have a huge victory on their hands there. And the, and the over not hit Um, right now, you know, the, I guess you'd right now you got Ohio State averaging forty four point two points a game and Northwestern's only averaging fifteen point four. You put those two together, uh, and you're not even close um to the to the sixty one. I mean well, you mean you're a little close, but you're not that close. Uh you know, you're basically saying that both teams are gonna have to play their to their absolute um maximum potential for that to happen against one another. And I just don't see it. I, I like I like the play at fourteen better. Um so we're bought we're suggest the play is Ohio State, they're coming in at 14 and a half. We're suggesting buying the half point to Ohio State by 14, correct? Correct. All right. So I want to make sure I got it right before we move on. All right. Now, for one near and dear to both of our hearts because of geographic locations, ACC championship game, we got Pitt versus Clemson. What do you like in this game? So this could be out of the the power five conferences this is hands down the the least important conference championship this weekend um there's clemson has rolled all year long has absolutely shut down the run game um they their past they looked a little vulnerable last week against south carolina um but Pitt's passing game hasn't been the strongest outside their game against Wake Forest where Kenny Pickett absolutely lit them up. But Pickett's more of a run-first kind of quarterback. Um, Pitt obviously has the best duo running backs in the nation, averaging over 245 yards a game. They've got 20-something touchdowns on the year combined. I'm just going to – originally I said Pitt plus 28. I'm just going to go over 52.5 here. Uh, I you suggested that to me earlier. I was dead set on Pitt plus twenty eight, but I'll be damned if Clemson comes out and wins this game like forty two to you know ten. I'll be real pissed that I took Pitt plus twenty eight. So um, I'll say if it's coming in at fifty two and a half by the half point, just get it down to fifty two, and I'll say over fifty two in this game. If you want to, I'm not going to fault anybody for passing on this game because, like I said. Clemson, obviously the biggest favorite coming in to the conference championship weekend. They might get up big and then take a step back and take it easy and coast and win this game by 17. But they could also come out and be up 42 nothing at half. I have, I, I honestly have no idea what to expect out of this game, especially the way Pitt looked against Florida or against Miami. Who I, I have no idea. I, I'll, for the sake of picking something, I'll say over 52, but if you want to avoid it, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, on, on, I like, that's why I said the 52, cause I have no, I have no reservations on the idea or, or, or on the, the, the logic that Clemson can come out and hang somewhere in the mid forties on, on pit without, I don't want to say without trying, but I, I definitely view this game as being high scoring. Just as a refresher, the last time Pitt played Clemson, Pitt won forty three forty two. So you're damn right. I, I was saying, so you're talking about eighty five points got thrown up on the board there, um, and that was you know what two years ago. So, like you said, you know somebody, uh, you don't know what this Pitt team. You don't know what Pitt team's going to show up. So, um, 
you never know. I mean, damn, they could completely shut down uh, Quadriolison, and you know, Pitt's going to be absolutely fishing with dynamite, trying to you know, hopefully get lucky, uh, while Clemson is just racking up points after points after points. So, just based off the fact that I in, envision Pitt being able to score once or twice, and Clemson being able to hang somewhere in the high 30s to low 40s on them, almost guaranteed. I think the 52 is the smart play there, and uh, I'm I'm glad that I'm glad that you saw the light on that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I I'm with you though. I, I wouldn't fault anybody for absolutely avoiding that game 110. percent All right, the big one, the granddaddy of them all. Uh, you know the conference championship game that most people treat like a national championship game because most times it is SEC championship game. We got Georgia versus Alabama at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, had had an opportunity to get hands on some tickets for that game, and uh, they're a very thick uh, paper stock. Uh, I almost felt like uh, Christian Bale and American Psycho holding those tickets. Very, uh, <laughs> very, very heavy stock tickets. Very shiny, nice. Uh, you know, holding about three thousand dollars of them worth of, in my hand, but I had to give them away, or well, give them back rather. Um, so Alabama versus Georgia. I'll go ahead and let you take a hard two count for a deep breath, and then get after it. All right, listen. I'm. I am going to try and keep my fandom out of this i am gonna do my absolute best so i'm just gonna lead with this i'm not picking the spread we're going under 64 points here bama is coming in at minus 13 and a half damn it i think that's high i think georgia's gonna be able to keep it within two touchdowns of this game but like i said i might be a little biased so i'm not gonna make that play bama's two biggest games this year mississippi state and LSU were the two, the, their two biggest opponents this year. There was a total of 53 points scored in those games. Granted, it was Alabama scoring all 53 of those points, but that just shows that their defense steps up in big games. Fromm has been here before. He should be able to complement the run game. I like DeAndre Swift and I like Elijah Holyfield. And I think Fromm will do enough, um, make some, you know, make some nice first down passes to get it, you know, first and short and be able to make some third down conversions on thirds and third and sixes and third and sevens to control the clock. Clock control for Georgia means less time for Tua on the field, which definitely means less points scored. I feel like this Georgia defense wants another crack at Tua after what he did to them in the second half of the national championship last year. Granted, Georgia is missing a lot of the guys that were in that national championship on the defensive side of the ball. They don't really have a dominant pass rusher like they've had in the past, but their secondary might be the best it's been in years. From Like I said, from a sports betting perspective, I like the under here. And I, th- I think that George is going to bring their A game. And I am a firm believer, and I've told you this all week, Bama is in. There, ain't, there is one scenario that Bama is not in the college football playoffs, and that's if Georgia wins this game by 20-plus points and it has and Tua has to get hurt. Because with Tua healthy – The whole point of the college football playoffs is to put the four best teams in the country and and let them play against each other. With Tua on the field, there's nobody in their right mind that thinks Bama is not one of the four best teams. Do I think Georgia is one of the four best teams in the country? I think it's a question mark. But if you win the SEC championship, we know how the system works. If you win the SEC championship, you are in. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The SEC is looked at as the best conference in college football. So if you're able to win the championship, you're getting into the college football playoffs. So if Georgia wins this game something, you know, 31-28, Bama's still getting in. There's no doubt in my mind Bama is going to be playing after January 1st. 
this I'm just going to lead into my prediction for the four teams that are making the college football playoffs. This the the play on that game is under 64. I, I've I've dug into a rabbit hole now, and I'm just going to I want your four teams who are at the end of tomorrow, you know, or at the end of I guess it would be at the end of Saturday. Who are your four teams that are going to be playing December 31st and on? Uh, oh boy. Well, given, given the, if the games go all the way, I think that they're going to, uh, I think that you've got Bama, Clemson, Notre Dame and Oklahoma. Okay. Unless hold on, hold on, hold on. caveat, okay. caveat. If, if Georgia wins, then it becomes Bama, Georgia, Clemson, um, Notre Dame. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I'm with you on that. Um, I, like I said, Oklahoma deserves to be in over Ohio State. Um, Ohio State can obviously get in if Texas beats Oklahoma and Bama beats Georgia. Then Ohio State gets that four spot. I don't think they deserve to be there. Struggling against Nebraska, getting blown out by 30 to Purdue, um, beating Maryland by one in you know double overtime because Matt Canada felt that he was going to go for two. Um, who knows how that game would have ended. Ohio State couldn't stop Maryland to save their lives. So Matt Canada really bailed them out on that one, or we wouldn't even be having this conversation about Ohio State. But I'm just going to throw like a little – we talked about it earlier. That imagine if this happened, okay? So hear me out. All right. Georgia, uh, Georgia beats Alabama by three. Okay. Georgia and Bama are both getting in. Okay. Clemson's going to win. Clemson's in. All right. So you've got Notre Dame, who's sitting at undefeated, who does not play a conference championship. If Oklahoma goes out and absolutely slaughters Texas, which I'm not going to say they can't do because I know they have the offensive power to do it. If Oklahoma goes out and wins that game by 20-plus points, Oklahoma has the argument to get in over Notre Dame. Notre Dame hasn't played anybody outside of Helen Keller's school, the deaf and blind. They play Michigan. They play. How good does that Michigan win look now? I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean. Week one of the season, week one of the season against a brand new quarterback in Michigan's system. And then Michigan goes out and gets pummeled by Ohio State. Michigan and Northwestern are the only two teams that ended up ranked at the end of the year that Notre Dame played. Oklahoma, this will be, if you go back and look at their schedule and what ranked teams there were, you're looking at Army at 25, Iowa State at 23, uh, Texas, who's at, what, 14, playing them twice, playing West Virginia. You're looking, and they had one more. They had five or six. It's it's either five or six ranked opponents that they would have played throughout the year. And they're going to avenge their only loss. I would, I honestly, I, I would not be surprised if Oklahoma wins in convincing, convincing fashion, and Georgia squeaks out, you know, a last-minute field goal by Rodrigo Blankenship against Alabama. I would not be surprised if Notre Dame was left out, and I couldn't fault the committee if they left them out, because I truly believe that Oklahoma is a better team than Notre Dame. All right. That's an interesting scenario. We'll see how it plays out. So, what is the play? for the SEC championship game under 64 under 64 points. points all right yes I I think to both defenses step up um, both teams offensively are talented Georgia relies on the run a lot more if Georgia wants to stay in this game they're gonna have to control the clock and I think they will stay in the game so therefore I'm going under 64 all right so we did all the power conferences any other little uh small conference games that you like this weekend, anything like that? Uh, I like Memphis plus three and a half. No Mackenzie Milton for UCF. I'm going against the defending national champs. I like Memphis to keep it within a field goal in that game. Um, I like Boise money line, even though Fresno had them last time they played, what, two or three weeks ago. Fresno was up 17 to three and blew it. Ropes for sure. Boise on home turf playing for the conference championship. Uh, I'm taking Boise in that game. Uh, money line, I think it's coming in at minus yeah. two and a half, but they could easily win a one-point game there. Um, what else is there? I don't give a damn about the UAB game. 
and I don't care about the Apple. What about State Buffalo game. and Northern Illinois? Uh, oh, I'm Buffalo all day. Give yeah. me the Bison. Uh, powerful offense against NIU, who their their defense is incredible, but they they score like 13 right. points a game. So I'm taking. I think what's Buffalo minus three and a half. Yep, or something like that. I'm taking Buffalo to cover that. Um, is That's that it. all ten of them? It's, yeah. Yeah, because you went over. Well, no, you got Louisiana Lafayette App, App State. You said you don't care about that. All yeah. Right. No, I, yeah. All right. Yeah. So one more thing. One more pick here, and we're going to wrap things up. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna present to you a fight. I want you to tell me your initial knee jerk reaction to it, and I want to see if it coincides with my own right like so we got a two uh a massive fight weekend as well and here's a here's a fight that um i think that you'll be interested in all right you ready for this knee-jerk reaction Rafael dos Anjos versus kamaru usman no um dos nachos method of victory second okay, here we go out. My bookie right now has the under four and a half at plus two twenty. Jesus, yeah, all right. <laughs> so, I think that Usman wins, um, and you think that Dos Nachos wins. I both I think that Usman would win inside the distance, probably by knockout, because uh, Anjos has so- shown himself to be a little punchy lately. Um, and you're thinking Dos Anjos wins by knockout. We're both in agreement it's it's within knockout or with a knockout. So that's why I uh, I'm calling an audible. Are you really about to say like a five unit play on this under? All right, all right, all right. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I don't normally do this. All right, but here I dude, I just I can't get over these odds. Uh, I just feel too strongly that this fight is going to end. And a finish. So the five-unit play is more your thing than it is mine. I'm going to suggest a three-unit play on the under four and a half rounds for this. Winner be damned. Let's just hope for a finish. Under four and a half, three units, Kamara Usman versus Rafael Dos Anjos on the ultimate fighter finale, which is tomorrow night. So we'll be able to get this. We'll be able to get the weekend started off. Right. Okay. I, yeah. If I'm, I'm glad you didn't go five units. <laughs> that's your, that's your thing, man. I can't, I can't do that. Well, see, now I've got a new play. One. I, I've got a new play. Oh, um, gosh. Since you've got all these guys out there that are doing picks and you know they're making you know thirty twenty unit plays a night. Oh gosh, um, I, I'm recommending a three hundred unit play on Clemson <laughs> money line. <laughs> three, yeah, dude, do it. And now wait, listen, that do that, and then we'll make an Instagram post that says we're one and zero oh on, on three hundred unit units. Yeah, in our yeah, yeah, yeah. in our in our clients are plus three hundred units because that's how it works apparently. Right. Well, right. you know what it is, is I think that these people operate under a dollar being a unit. So uh, they, they just have me in $20 plays. So and they think that, you know, anytime you win, you just automatically go up and then your losses don't count against you. Well, you know? yeah, so and, it, and it just matches 100 percent. Like if you make a 20 unit play on a team that's a minus 1000, you're going to win 20 units because that's how math works. Right. <laughs> right yeah that oh gosh these people I, I i don't get it you know even if it's okay because you're you're rain man with the math here uh even if it's just minus 110 and you bet 20 units on it you're not seeing 20 units back no you're seeing nine you're seeing 0.91 to every unit that you bet right that's what i'm saying so if okay so here here's a we're just throwing this out there for for you know not not to be insulting to people that don't know any better, but you may not know any better or be like or just sort of be like, oh, I wondered how that worked. Um, that's not how units work. That's not how betting works. Uh, so these people that you see, I'm going to be honest with you. If you take small snapshots in time, it somebody could have an 80% win percentage. They absolutely could. I, I don't. I, 
However, that's not sustainable and it's not attainable for any prolonged period of time. Can somebody have a month where they absolutely kill it? Yes. But I want to see what they look like over the course of a year. If you tell me that you have somebody that is consistently winning at 75, 80%, then I'm going to say you're going to have to show me somebody that's retired because they, clearly they've got to be a millionaire, correct? I mean, that, that's what you would assume, right? Uh, yeah. And if you can find that person that's consistently winning at that percentage, like DM me and let me know. And I'll stop doing a podcast and I'm just going to go use his picks. Yeah. The, just, you know, I know a lot of you guys follow us on social media. And if you don't, you probably see these places, you know, elsewhere. Uh, if you see these accounts that are claiming 75 plus win percentages and they're 29 and three on 20 unit plays, it's, that's not, the, I assure you, if you ask for documentation, like physical documentation, that that's what they played, uh, they will not be able to provide that for you uh, outside of a handmade spreadsheet or something to that effect, which would have no bearing or uh, credence to it whatsoever. One of the beautiful things about having a podcast and a Patreon page is that accountability is built into it. We can't hide from this episode. I can't hide from a three-unit play on on the Usman versus Dos Anjos fight. If I'm wrong, I got egg on my face. Everybody and their mother can hear it, and you can go back and check it. We can't claim to, to be 90% winners because you can go back and, and, and check us. And if, you know... If anybody were to ever approach us on anything, we have documentation to back up everything with dates, times, the whole nine. It's there. Uh, and if you find these people that are asking for 75 and 80, DM them, ask them for proof and watch how quickly you do not get a response back. <laughs> Trust me, because I will seek these people out on social media and ask them and they don't ever answer me. Uh, I always ask him like, well, if you're changing the game up, bro, let me see some documentation so I can quit my day job and just follow you. And then magically they all turn into ghosts because the shit doesn't exist. It's not real, man. It's not real. So I'm glad you said that, man. I mean, you, you know, really bringing things up that are near and dear to my heart right now. Um, yeah. All right, dude. So let's wrap this thing up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, it. It's conference championship weekend. Okay. Um, NFL picks and other UFC plays will be on Patreon, but we wanted to dedicate this to, like you said, you know, the biggest heavyweight bout uh, that can be made right now and conference championships because it is the end of college football as far as regular season goes. We got these games and then uh, it's bowl season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, last thing real quick. Uh, if you guys haven't done so already, go to SavingGraceOil.com, SavingGraceOil.com, enter promo code CASH15 and get 15% off your total order. I know that some of you guys took advantage of that Cyber Monday deal or Black Friday weekend deal, and I'm thankful for you guys for doing that. Um, and if you haven't done so, you know you can still get 15% off your total order. Just use promo code CASH15, CASH15. All right, Soup. Top countries for our last episode. The U.S. obviously holding it down strong. Second place, Canada. Then the U.K., Australia, Israel, Sweden, Germany, and Ireland for top countries. All right, top cities. Do you want to take a stab in the, in the dark of what our top city was for our last episode? Either Chicago or Honolulu. Yeah, <laughs> you were dead on the money, man. Chicago, Illinois. What up, Chicago? Fort Worth, Texas, Seattle, Washington, Berlin, Connecticut. What up, ESPN? Los Angeles, Honolulu, Las Vegas, Colorado Springs, Colorado, Gaithersburg, Maryland, and Groton, Connecticut as well. Again, what up, ESPN? Let's get on. Let's uh, let, let me get some of that ESPN money. Um, that's what I'm talking about. So uh, this upcoming week, things will be a little bit different. I will actually be in the Denver Boulder area this upcoming week. So our recording, uh, you'll still have your Tuesday episode. You'll still have your Friday episode. Uh, it just might sound just a wee bit different because uh, we might have to we're going to have to maneuver some things around. I do not feel like traveling with all this recording equipment. So we're going to switch things up a bit. And then lastly, guys, if you haven't already done so, please like subscribe, review, share all of that on social media, iTunes, Spotify, 
Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, Podblast, wherever you find us at, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Siri. I don't care who you ask to play the episodes. Whoever plays them, like, subscribe, review, share, all that stuff. It means a lot for us. It means a lot analytics-wise for us as well. And I would be just absolutely tickled pink. And here's where I sound like a girl here. Uh, Today is my birthday. I would love it if you haven't left us a review. Even if you just want to go click the stars and then run away, you don't have to write anything out. If you would go on iTunes and leave me a review for my birthday, I would really, really appreciate it. You know, just show me that you care. Uh, that, 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 that's my birthday wish. <laughs> that's all I got, man. Um, I got a question. Okay. Were those real names or is that like you pulling like a Bill Belichick with, you know, snap face and Insta chat when you said pod bean and pod blast? Those are real names. Right. Okay. Just check. <laughs> I was just checking. <laughs> no, those are real. Those are real places, man. And we're on all of them. I mean, it's hard to uh it's hard to go anywhere and and not find us as far as uh players out there that you can find our podcasts on that's why i love hearing where you guys are listening to us from that's why i'm trying to make a better effort now of actually announcing top cities and states and countries where it's coming from because i don't know what you listen to podcasts on in israel but whatever you're using are israel are israeli fans or uh, expats in Israel. I appreciate you. And whatever you're listening on, dude, write me a review from Israel, please. Because, uh, I, you know, I gotta see, I got, <laughs> I just want to know how, how this whole internet, internet thing works, man. We're out there. And, uh, I think it's amazing that there's people all over the planet consuming this podcast. It makes me happy. And, uh, like I said, that's all I got. You guys take care, be good to each other and good luck everybody this weekend talk to everybody on tuesday if we don't talk to you on social media first i'm out absolutely uh go dogs let's go in there and beat the shit out of this little cretin nick saban and send him (laughs) back to the bridge that he lives underneath man as always clear eyes full fist can't lose do it just do it don't let your dreams be dreams Yesterday, you said tomorrow. So just do it. Make your dreams come true. Just do it. Some people dream of success while you're going to wake up and work hard at it. Nothing is impossible. You should get to the point where anyone else would quit. And you're not going to stop there. No. What are you waiting for? Do it. Just do it. Yes, you can! Just do it! If you're tired of starting over, stop giving up.